conversation series where V and I sit down and have the type of conversation you would have on a red-eye flight late at night when the world is asleep. All sorts of thoughts can pop into your mind, and we keep things thoughtful and entertaining as we discuss these ideas. Today, we're talking about what happens when the sky falls on you. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people during these times are feeling the pressure, whether real or not. Um, media, everything is kind of painting a picture right now that things are not good whether it's economically, you know, we just had another school shooting uh, incident yesterday Yesterday, yeah. and the data has come out that the, the highest likelihood for a child to die in the United States is from gun violence now, um, which is kind of scary to even think about. Um, in addition to the bank failures that are going on, people don't know if their money's safe, economic turmoil, you know, interest rates rising, people People are losing their minds. Mass layoffs in sectors like technology that we didn't ever think that the mass layoffs would hit. There's just a lot going on, and I think a lot of people are going through it in terms of when these things happen, the worst thing that you can do is panic. Obviously, that's what we all do because it's very easy to say, okay, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent next month. I don't know how I'm going to keep my kids in school or fed or diapers on their asses. You know, it's like, these are things that people are going through. And I think it's very important during these times to understand that the only way is through, right? And you have to figure out a way to get through. And I think it's important for us or valuable for us to have a conversation on how to get through when the sky is falling. Yeah, and I think it's it's a great point because there's so much media, there's so much film of people, um, you know, I think we're obsessed with this like post-apocalyptic world or these like war movies. And it's yeah. like all the movies we love, we watch a character be put in some sort of horrific situation and do an amazing job handling it. And that's what we love. That's what we look up to. But at the same time, you see the one character, the protagonist, handles it well. Everyone else is freaking out. Yep. And then you get to the real world, and it's like, you would think that everybody who idolizes the protagonist would, would in that moment, want to emulate how you know the characters that they look up to handle these adverse scenarios and keep their cool. And it's like, the second something shifts from being in the film to happening in your life, I think on a human level, it can immediately send you into a panic and without even realizing it you're now you're now that person that's you know running around screaming and creating the uh the emergency environment you're not the person handling it well and i think it's a paradigm that is super subconscious to fall into it's not something you're like choosing but it's just something that you're already in the middle of and you don't even realize how you got there. Yeah, and you're being driven to double down on that feeling of of hopelessness, right? Is as you pointed to the media how media makes us feel that situations 
that are, are, are dire all the time. It's not just that, hey, we've got some problems going on. It's always polarization of extreme negativity or extreme positivity, and there's no kind of balance. And that's, that's kind of the, the phrase of our podcast, and I think the phrase of this discussion as well, is that when things really are bad, because we all go through these periods of times where things really are bad for us, you know, things are not going as planned, you know, your best laid plans are all going wrong, whatever you're planning to do, whatever you have going on is being met with resistance. Um, and when you're actually dealing with real problems and real adversity, the absolute worst thing you can do is add emotional fuel to that fire by getting caught up and losing your shit. Because when you lose your shit and shit is actually really going bad, then it just magnifies it exponentially versus, you know, there are folks who, even when things are going well, they're always going to see the pessimistic viewpoint. But there are real life situations where things really are going bad and adding that emotional part of it almost makes it, that's what puts you at a point of not being able to overcome or solve the problems because the problems are real and then you're not in an emotional state to properly logically solve the problems that you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. So true. I think one of the things to call out too is that um, the, the actual like good or bad nature of a problem is based on your expectation of the result. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I think is like really helpful is to remember that if something, if you think an event is bad, you think, oh my gosh, this is really bad. This is a bad outcome, bad situation. You can reframe it and say, well, this is actually just not the outcome that I wanted. But potentially, and what is more likely, is that the outcome that you're experiencing is actually leading you to a better thing than Mm -hmm. you could have imagined. But that's like the hard part for people is to it's to surrender enough to understand that the path that's being laid for them is the best path for them. Yeah. And these, the, the, everyone hears the phrases now, right? And if you're on social media and you're in tune with anything positive, you're going to get the re- reaffirmation as well. Of like adversity builds character. You know, you see the successful people talking about it saying, Hey, you know, it was at that moment where everything was bad because I stuck to the plan everything moved forward right and that's that's one of my favorite favorite quotes from one of my mentors is that you know success is a battle of attrition it's who can put up with the most shit and keep going right and and not fall off and not quit and that's true for every aspect of 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 life and i think the you know compartment you know going to specific situations i think or specific Parts of this is one of the concerns that people always have when things are going bad is concern for what's going to happen to their interpersonal relationships, their their relationships with family, their business relationships. And the truth is running from the problem doesn't solve the problem, but you also need to prioritize the problems and the fires that are going on and saying, hey, I can't solve all of my problems right now, but I can prioritize the ones that are the most urgent that need to be solved that potentially could fix all of the other problems 
as well. Understanding what are symptoms of the problem and what the actual problem is. And you have to actually attack the actual problem and not get lost in focusing on the symptoms of the problem to get to that other side. And I think that that's very important in terms of problem solving is, is, is using that logical approach and going back to not getting emotional and why logical reasoning is even more important in these situations. Yeah, I think, I think that's great. And uh, V, can you, can you like go through that process of like what goes on in your head for like, let's say like the current situation with banks and, you know, kind of the craziest in the market? Like, what is the way that somebody who is afraid or nervous about what's happening around them right now, the layoffs, the, the craziness, like, how would they work through this? First of all, the first thing is that we all are going to feel the shock. It's to, to, to make yourself believe that there's zero part of you that is scared when you hear this information is, is not the approach. It's not, oh, I'm going to be so stoic through everything. It's actually processing what's going on. Like, for example, with the banking issue that's going on, everyone is fearful. Media is stoking the flames like your money is gone. You know, if anything, okay, that's your first reaction. Then look at the problem and say, okay, what are the, what, what actually does, what does this actually mean for me? Right. You have FDIC insurance up to 250,000 on your money in your bank. Most people don't have that much money, aren't carrying that much money in the bank. So is it really rational for me to be fearful if it's not directly impacting me? Right. And then the second part of it is the larger problem is, is our economy going to shit? Is, is, is our, our entire system collapsing? And that's where, one, I think experience matters and understanding history and data, even if you don't have the requisite experience, to understand that this happens consistently. We just had it happen less than a little bit over 10 years ago with this uh, with the you know the mortgage-backed security crisis where literally the sky was falling banks were going under the problems were solved though right not necessarily solved but there was a a light at the end of that tunnel and what's funny is right after the great recession and almost every recession in history has been the greatest run of prosperity that we see right so if that applies on a macro level where you have to go through these corrections. It's, it's, it's so true in every aspect of life and nature and everything. These corrections happen. They're a part of life. And when you accept that they're a part of life, your only, your only solution is I have to deal with this shit because it's going to happen, right? Yeah. And so that's, yeah. that's really it is creating that system for yourself within your own life of, okay, when shit hits the fan, what am I going to do to stay sane? <laughs> you know what I mean? And stay pushing forward. I think it's, it's cool. I think it's really cool that um, these types of moments in life lead to huge change on a personal level as well. Yeah. Because the nature of the world, you know, what you're referencing, it's like the nature of the world changes during these phases. Mm -hmm. It's the entire economic structure essentially no longer serves the way that we've changed as individuals. So we have to break things down and rebuild them to match the kind of growth that we've had as a society. And so if you look at it from that lens, 
than these ideas that the media wants to tell you of greed or pitting you against other people or telling you other people are controlling the world. Like, no one's controlling the world. You control your own world. You control your own experience. And Mm -hmm. you can choose to be mad at an imaginary, you know, Illuminati figure, or you could take your world back into your control and understand that these things are periodic and cyclic, just like everything else in life. And if you go through the change to your point V, the, uh, the light is there at the end of the tunnel. And the reality of like these types of times is that the scarcity and this is, this is a tough pill to swallow, but the scarcity is because we did not have security during the period of wealth when we all had abundance for the last decade and everyone's making money on NFTs last year and you know everything left and right, COVID didn't even slow down the economy. Where was everyone putting their money? They were buying cars, they were buying designer clothes, they were buying jewelry. And uh, jewelry actually is maybe a different, different category because you can sell that. It'll hold its value pretty well. But Overall, if you buy the right jewelry. <laughs> if you buy the right jewelry. Yeah. But overall, people weren't really being that that prudent, right? They were doing things to show off. And in a sense, we were all given the abundance to smoothly get through a period of time like this. And we didn't. And I think it just it just goes to show that um whenever you do find moments of scarcity, I think it's important to ask yourself where were the times where I had abundance that I I tried to trade some something for something I felt I was lacking. You might have been lacking, you know, self confidence. You might have not thought you were pretty. You might have not, um, you know, felt like you fit in or felt successful. Whatever that hole is within you, that's where the wealth goes. That's where the money goes. It disappears down that black hole. But if you solve that stuff, then you actually don't really have the same kind of like fluctuations through these periods of times, you just stay very, very even kill all the way through. Easier said than done, obviously. But that's the idea, in my view, from a bigger picture, is that you you know that there's always a great period. If you know that there's always a great period, you know that there's always a challenging period. And if you approach that practically, then you plan for both. Yeah, and I think you're hitting home, a, a you know, what you're saying hits home a larger point, which is you have to take accountability for your own situation in your own life you know we you know the whole scarcity mindset abundance mindset applies here because it's interesting because i think scarcity mindset is abundant throughout you know the human race that's what's encouraged to take on that mindset but but it's interesting like you know it's interesting that that mentality is so so pervasive yet when shit hits the fan you see how people's behavior changes both in periods of abundance and in periods of scarcity what do people do they consume right it's whether when your when your bank account is dwindling and you're still going to a hundred dollars dinners you know instead of saying i'm going to cook at home and spend ten dollars on a meal you are responsible for the problems that you're creating for yourself that's not Big Brother creating those problems. That's you personally not changing your behavior and actually correcting the wrong way during a time that you know things are not great, not being willing to make the personal sacrifices that are required to survive that period. That's on you. 
And I think that a lot of people don't ever want to take that accountability. And we live in a system, obviously here specifically, where it's easy to shirk that accountability by taking out a new credit card, taking out a new line of credit, taking out a second mortgage on your home and doubling down on the problem and then blaming someone else and blaming the outside world and not ever taking the accountability and saying, hey, I'm part of the problem too. Yeah, I I, I agree with that really, really fully. And I think that there's a balance between not feeling scarcity when you're going through a scarce time. Like I think there's things that you can do to make yourself feel a lack of scarcity. And that could be the difference between instead of going to the spa, maybe you go pick up the face mask, you come home, you give yourself that experience. That's still an abundant yep. experience at a lower price point. And I think that's that's a notion you're going for is that you shouldn't deny yourself things. You should just find a more clever way to get to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, convenience. You might have to eliminate some conveniences in your life, but you don't have to reduce your experiences, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the difference. Like going to the spa for a massage is a convenience and paying someone to do that. You know, going and getting a pedicure, that's a convenience. You can do those things yourself. It just requires more of you, right? Like it's just it's just understanding those things and and it's not a fear-based mentality. It's more of a a a logical approach to life, which is I think there's there's a school of thought that says, you know, you only live once do whatever. It doesn't matter. None of the shit matters. I'm not going to change just because things are bad. But you have to understand the reality that you may be adding additional mental stress to yourself when you go into debt. It creates a mental stress that no matter who says, oh, you only live once. I don't know anyone personally who's in a tremendous amount of debt that feels good, that even those things that they enjoy doing they're not they're they're providing momentary uh satisfaction they're going back they're doing these things as a as a form of escapism so i think it is it is is very wise to understand that abundance mentality doesn't mean that you don't have a savings mentality that you just you you don't save anything for a rainy day you don't prepare for a, a post apocalyptic world in any way that's that's you can still have an abundant mentality and 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 prepare for those things. They don't they don't run in conflict with each other. I agree, and I would I would say real abundance is also abundance of opportunities. Meaning that your cash flow is infinite, and you have nothing that you care about spending it on because you're already abundant with joy, abundant with contentment, abundant with happiness, abundant with friends and family. Like if you're truly abundant, there is nowhere for money to go. Yeah. There's just nothing that you really care about spending on. And I think that's like that's something that I think takes a lot of growth for. It's it's not it's not easy. There's like a lot of things that are gonna tempt you and you're gonna fall into the trap over and over again. So I think like it's also important on that journey to have compassion for yourself because you're not gonna get from A to Z immediately. Mm-mm. But it's like if you can recognize that each of these things that we see as challenges is really another opportunity for you to like fill another hole that's inside you that's like that's like taking like sucking up the blessings that are being given your way then as you fill those holes you start to see oh okay like the money that's coming in is it's sticking it's it's piling up that's different 
than you know making the same amount of money before, but I'm also happier. And then you start to ask yourself, well, how could that possibly be? How could the dollar seem to you know stretch so much further? And I think money operates the same way as time. And I don't think a lot of people think about money like this, but time goes away faster when you're having fun, right? Mm-hmm. It's Money has its own kind of distortion property. And I don't think I know enough about it to be able to say exactly what, I, what it is. But what I can say certainly is that it is not linear. It, is, it operates on a different principle and mechanism, just like time does, than you know, anything else in life. And I think if you can recognize that there is a bit of a, a spiritual nature to money, a different kind of energy to money that allows it to operate on its own frequency in its own way, then you can solve in the direction of how do I build wealth for myself? What are the things inside of me that are limiting that from happening? And I think the only way there's like, we always talk about choose your suffering. Like you can either choose it, go after it proactively, research it, do the work, do the journaling, like do the reflection, do the meditation, whatever it takes for you to heal. Or you can wait for the situations in life like this to forcefully help you heal and bring that change about. But it's inevitable. The change has to happen in you. It's just, will it be your choice or will it be chosen for you? Yeah. And you, and you bring up a, a, a great point about money being its own mechanism and also understanding there's this, this it goes back to this all or nothing idea that, that gets pushed. Like you have the school people say, you know, uh, money is everything, you know. And then the school people say, you know, money doesn't matter at all. And the reality is that that it's somewhere in the middle, based on the system that we're in currently, right? If we were, you know, 100, 200, 300 years ago before this is, these systems had been put in place, it would be a different case. But again, it's a compartment. It's not, it's not the full scope of, of your life. You need to have and understand that money is a part of what you need considering the system that we live in to be able to nourish yourself, to be able to live where you want to live, to be able to do some of the things that you want to do with your life. It's a mechanism to do those things. But I think what gets caught up is that people forget that it is a mechanism and get up in the actual concept of money running their lives, right? And the concept of whether it's chasing, like I know people who are so money obsessed that no matter how much they have, it's not enough. And that's all that drives their decision making. They ruin their lives, the rest of their lives in that pursuit. They have a whole bunch of money, but the rest of their lives aren't right. And on the opposite end, I see people who don't prioritize financial security at all. And it overtakes their lives because it overtakes everything that they do because they're not able to pay their bills. They're not, they're always running from the problems that not having money does. And that creates another type of mental issue. So that's really where I think your point hits home is understanding that it's a part of your life, but not letting it consume your life um, in any way. Yeah. And and to your point, like the fact that, you know, you're highlighting it as a part of part of the mind and money is a part of who you are. Mm -hmm. It's a part of who we all are and recognizing you know, what wealth is, is also recognizing that it's an abundance of a particular type of emotion internally. And it's, you know, maybe a, a concept that takes a little time to sit on, but it 
it is a part of you. All of this that you're looking for is a part of you. And I, I just think like, um, you know, to the point that you were making about um, um, that kind of focus of your life being chosen from you, if you disregard um, all the elements of balance, I just think that's also a really interesting life mechanism. If you do disregard something like fitness, then you'll have an illness that ends up consuming all of your focus till your fitness is good. If you disregard your your you know your balance, your responsibilities, then you'll have critical issues come up on the side of your life related to those responsibilities that you then have to focus and get it together um, on internally to be able to have that part of your life go back to balance. And I, I do think it's interesting the way that you put it, because I think it points out that any sort of problem in life, like challenge in life, you can easily get through it. But if it's something that you ignore, you put off, you don't want to deal with it, you let it build, then those challenges become so large that all of your energy has to go toward them, which is not super pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and, you know, again, money is one of the symptoms, right? And the overall thing is that when you're dealt a situation where the sky is falling, which means that you're being dealt multiple problems at one time, typically, one, you have to prioritize which problems are actual problems and which ones are symptoms and focus on the problems and understand that some people you aren't going to be in complete control everything isn't going to be harmonious there might be people that are a little upset at you there might be situations that problems um can't be solved certain problems that you're facing can't be solved but that's all part of the process that's where prioritizing what you actually have control over generally in life is all you can do because the uncontrollable variables are going to be the uncontrollable variables. So it's really, really important to to understand that and then also the emotional balance and doing the self-work to understand that when you move off center and anytime you panic or you 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 let your emotions control your being during a time of of distress that it makes the problem worse. And yeah. that those are the kind of the two things that that will help you solve or, or, or deal with these issues when they come up. Well, I think that brings us to an awesome uh, wrapping up point on this. Uh, I think this is, you know, an awesome dive into money. Um, if you do have any thoughts that you feel like we should be discussing when it comes to money, feel free to tweet us, you know, comment us, write us, you know, whatever you want. Um, let us know if if there's something else we should add to the conversation. But beyond that. Um, you know, as always, remember to stay moving. Be you, you as fly. Power boys out. Pilot boys, we get on up. We gon' fly, boys, we get up. So go high. Pilot boys, we get.